Welcome to the Working Mama podcast, a show that provides real-world tips, tricks, and advice to all working mamas on how they can have a career, family, and hopefully one day break the glass ceiling. Welcome, mamas. Welcome back to another episode of the Working Mama podcast. I'm very excited to have with me today, Mim Dash is a lifestyle coach who is passionate about helping mums sort through the overwhelm to create the daily lifestyle they are craving. This is a topic I know that everyone is going to be interested in because it's something that we're all very focused on and very passionate about. She helps mums reduce their physical, practical, mental, and emotional overwhelm so their home, motherhood, business, and life feel really goddamn amazing for them in every single day. Welcome, Mim. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for coming on. And with that intro, I'm looking forward to our chat because I know that so many mums have so much overwhelm in all parts of their life, not just about in wearing their mum hat, but I know in work hat and if you've got a business and all these other aspects and it is overwhelming. So really looking forward to getting into the chat today. It's really, it's such a topic I'm passionate about because overwhelm is just such a huge burden for so many people um, and for so many mums, especially if we're juggling multiple balls, which all of us are anyway. And I just love the idea that motherhood doesn't have to feel as overwhelming and it does get to feel goddamn amazing every single day. Certainly, certainly. And there's a lot of labels we put on ourselves, isn't there? And that's why I'm really looking forward to uh, getting into today's chat. So how about we best kick it off and how would you best describe yourself? Busy mum of four. I have four kids ranging in age from 22 months to almost 14, including one stepchild. So life is busy and full and noisy. I'm very passionate about lots of things including tragic reality television shows and I really just love talking about so many ways there's so many practical ways that we can influence our own experience of life and our own experience of motherhood and I could waffle on about it for hours (laughs) well definitely looking forward to unpacking that today and Also, what's been your career pathway to bring you to where you are today? So I've dabbled in lots of different areas since I left high school. I've done a bit of retail. Nothing ever really kind of stuck. Nothing ever felt really good. I didn't have any of those moments where I was like, ah, yes, this is the thing that just like all on fire. It wasn't until I had my second child, so the third child for our family, that I suddenly realised that I was so passionate about working with mums and seeing mums have an experience of motherhood that felt really good for them. I was diagnosed with postnatal depression when my daughter was eight weeks old and my journey through that and my journey through raising three very different children at the time Um, and I suppose just my experience of healing through PND and postnatal anxiety and stuff really drove me towards working with mums. And when I started realising that just having conversations with mums at playgroups and mothers' groups and things like that 
really made me incredibly passionate about continuing to do this work on a professional level rather than just having casual conversations, which I still love doing, but really being able to see mums flourish and thrive in motherhood, whether they choose to work at home or outside the home or whatever it is. I just think it's so important. No, definitely. It's, it's something that I think a lot of women expect and you go into motherhood really at the start of mat leave and you're like, okay, I just need to get this child out. And then you, you can't really necessarily prepare for motherhood in because it changes you in so many different ways that you don't even expect. And also then at the same time, you've got every child, every birth is completely different as well. So there is naturally such a lot of overwhelm that comes with motherhood, isn't there? Yeah. And I think we're so bombarded with messages from social media and blogs and Dr. Google and Facebook groups and all those places just really give us not just a lot of messages, but a lot of mixed messages as well. So, you know, there's, you can, if you Google one thing, it's going to tell you that you should embrace your postpartum body. And if you Google another thing, it's going to tell you five ways to lose the baby weight. So no wonder mums feel like they're pulled in 27,000 different directions because as you scroll social media, as you scroll Instagram, you're going to come up with posts that literally contradict the other posts that you've just seen. So I think that can be often where the overwhelm can come in is that we've really been constantly surrounded by mixed messages about it's selfish to work outside the home. And then, you know, the next post says it's a really great idea to do something away from your children. So of course we feel overwhelmed because we don't know how we're meant to be feeling and we don't know how we're meant to be um, showing up for life and for our family and for our businesses or for our workplace because there's so much mixed messaging about how motherhood is meant to look and how it's meant to feel and what we're meant to do. We do a lot of planning about pregnancy and birth and we write a birth plan and then we're handed this little human and no one's ever told us that we actually get to choose how it feels for us or that we get to set intentions about how we want our motherhood time to feel for us or how we want it to look for us. And we're just sent away from the hospital with this little human and we've done no planning because no one ever told us that it's a thing you're allowed to do. Yeah. I often laugh that there's so much focus put on a birth plan. And I used to joke, uh, particularly with my son, everyone said to me, what's your birth plan? I said, get the baby out. I want it to be healthy. Uh, like I, I, had no I was like, look, and I was very lucky I had no birth plan because I needed to be induced and he came out and needed to be on the board and, and things like that. And then in the nursery for eight days. So I'm glad I didn't have a plan. And my husband and I were like part-time parenting. We joke about it for about eight days. But then we come home and we're going, what do we do now? And it was just, yeah, there's so much focus. And everyone says, right, what's your birth plan? You're like, but that's maybe 24 hours for some women. But it's also what's then the the rest of your plan as a mum? And there is so much overwhelm. You think people go, oh, there might be this. And you go into Google and you're thinking, oh no, bad mum. And I often joke that I'm never going to win mother of the year because I've just everything I've done and probably Google says not to. So it is just so overwhelming as a new mum. 
It is. And I think that because kids are constantly changing and then we add another child who's completely different, I often say it blows my mind that two kids, obviously they have different personalities, but they're raised by the same parents with basically the same circumstances and they are wildly different human beings. And I think that we're constantly learning and we're constantly growing and constantly discovering new ways to balance sibling dynamics or balance our own mental health or work-life balance or whatever it is and so it's just this constant evolution I suppose of who we are as humans and who we are as mothers and um, all the other labels that we carry and put on ourselves and I think that it's such an important conversation to be having about overwhelming motherhood because it is it can be so debilitating for so many women, this feeling of overwhelm. I think so as well. And that really then leads to anxiety and stress of, you know, I should be doing this and or oh, my child's not doing that. What are some ways that we can really filter out some of those, you know, external messages like on social media and, and things like that and to manage the overwhelm uh, as as new mums and even as kids are getting older because as you know your kid becomes older and they're saying oh don't look screen time and you're thinking oh come on like sometimes it's just what they want and they need some downtime so how can we manage this overwhelm is what you say oh there's some real practical stuff that you can do as well as some internal like emotional mental type things you can do one of the things I often do myself and recommend to other women is to curate your news feed both on Instagram or Facebook or whatever platform you're using um, what are the values that you hold dear about family and about work life and about mothering and about your body if you constantly are bombarded with messages what happens is that the more that you read or see or hear or say something, the more you start to think it. And then the more you think it, the more you feel it, the more you feel it, the more you believe it. And then the more you become it. So you really have to essentially curate the information that's coming into your brain. And one of the ways of doing that is simply unfollowing people who either make you feel like a bad mum unfollowing or unliking you can snooze people you can mute them all that kind of stuff and it doesn't just have to be big influencers or brands it can be people that are really near and dear to you but it's so important to surround yourself with messages that actually fit with the values of how you want to be living life and doing life on a daily basis and I think it's really important that we take a moment to think about what our values are or think about okay, how do I actually want to be doing life or doing motherhood or raising my children? What's important to me? What isn't necessarily important to me? Because when we then hit those feelings of mum guilt and we feel bad about something, we can run it through that filter of do I feel guilty about this because it's clashing with something I value? Am I out of integrity here that my behaviour is out of um, integrity with something that I actually hold really dear or am I just comparing myself to some imagined version of perfect mother that I think I'm supposed to in inverted commas be 
I get really passionate about this concept of should culture, which is this idea that you should be this or you should be that or you should be something else because then we hold ourselves to this standard, which so often is unachievable. This kind of perfect mother myth is really unicorn of motherhood. You know, it's impossible to be and do and have all the things all the time for all the people. Um, And so what I think is important is to see what your values are and then to align wherever that guilt comes in or wherever those shoulds come up. I should not let my kids watch as much screen time. Is that because you're comparing yourself with something that you just read on Instagram or someone who's just decided to take screens away from their children permanently? Or is that guilt that should showing you a place where you would actually like to be doing something to make a change where you'd like to be further chasing something that fits within your values rather than just comparing yourself to somebody else. And the other thing I'd like to do is I need to find a name for it. I should term it something, but I always think there's more than one alternative. Often we are, when we should ourselves, we're comparing ourselves to an alternative that is what we think better than what we're currently doing. So, for example, I might should myself that I should limit the amount of screen time because that's the example we're using. I should limit the amount of screen time my kids are having and I see myself as the worse alternative. The better alternative would be to completely limit their screen time. Therefore, I'm a bad mum because I'm not completely limiting my screen time and I feel guilty because I'm terrible. But what we can do is look at the other alternative at the other end of the scale. The other alternative is that my kids were on screens 24 hours a day or from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to sleep. So when you compare, when I compare what I'm doing to that alternative, I'm actually doing okay. But we so often place ourselves on the bad end of the scale and think that there must only be a better version Yes, we could all be doing better at all sorts of things. Absolutely. Do I have the mental space to do that right now? Do I have the physical capacity? Do my circumstances currently allow for me to make a change in that area? Or am I super sick and pregnant and there's just no capacity in my day to really restrict, for example, the screen time. Is that serving me in a way that I'm able to get rest because I'm really sick and pregnant? It's just about looking at what's the other alternative? What's at the other end of the scale that actually puts you in good mother, you know, space rather than thinking that you're always doing the worst thing and thinking that you must always be doing a better thing because usually... I'm yet to find an example where someone is shooting themselves about doing something in inverted commas bad. I'm yet to find an example where we can't find an even worse alternative. It's a really great way of summing it up. And I love it as well about the should. I, I agree completely that we put so many, I think expectations on ourselves and even society does as, as moms, you should be doing this. You should be doing that, you know, breastfeeding and screen time and everything else. But really no one necessarily knows what your personal circumstances are, what you're going through, what your birth has been like. Like people could say to me, Oh, well, you should have a natural birth. And I'm going, my son needed to be induced uh, for, for medical reasons. And if he didn't, there was 
you know, health ramifications for him. So no one can criticize my birth because I had very good doctors and that around me and people say, oh, well, you should have done this. I'm like, well, no, you don't understand my circumstances. Um, and it's really, I think, as you said, it's that mindset of, well, what's the alternative? Um, and usually the alternative is, yeah, yeah, it screens 24-7. But sometimes, like, I know this week, my son got home from childcare and, you know, he hadn't had any screens all day and he's exhausted. He's slept like 20 minutes. He's two. And... <laughs> I was like, look, you know, if he just wants screens for half an hour before he starts to go up to the bedtime routine, I was like, it is what it is. He's just exhausted. He needs the mental break. He's been stimulated the whole day. It's a, it's a real challenge, all these things that we put on ourselves of shoulds, but really it's about assessing your circumstances at that, at that point in time, I think, as well. I often say are you doing the best you can in this very moment with whatever the resources or mental capacity or physical or financial capacity that you have available to you right now? Not, you know, okay, well, yesterday I had better mental capacity and today I don't, but I should be doing what I was capable of doing yesterday and today I'm not doing it. And then we start to get in this spiral of beating ourselves up. But are you doing the best you can right now, this very second? Is the best thing for him right now, this very second, to be watching screen times to decompress? Sure. And if it's not, is that is it damaging him? Probably not. I think it's like dinner sometimes. Fed is yes. best. I'm like, Look. If you want I, a peanut butter I, on toast. Bleh. Hey, there's worse alternatives. He could have just lollies for dinner. But we beat ourselves up because we think, because we've been told, because we've consumed all these messages that there's a better and best and perfect way to be feeding him dinner. Yes, of course, we'd all ideally love our kids to eat whatever is put in front of them. In terms of food, I've come to the realisation that I can give my kids the vegetables that they really like, which is different for each of the four kids. Or I can sit there and put other vegetables on their plate and I know they're not going to eat it anyway. I'd rather that my seven-year-old was eating corn and carrot than no vegetable at all. And this is, again, it comes back to, well, what's the other alternative? He eats corn and raw carrot. I could beat myself up that he doesn't eat all the other vegetables and feel bad. Or I can look at the other alternative, which is that he doesn't eat any vegetables at all which I know is a reality for a lot of families. But in this situation, it's about I don't beat myself up about it because I am doing the best I can with what I have in this very instant, this very moment, because usually by the end of the day of parenting for children, I don't have the capacity to have that <laughs> fight about vegetables because at least he's eating two vegetables something's better than nothing and you've got to give it a go and I think that's also where as mums we put like there's so much on us you got to do this you got to do that and it's overwhelming as what you say it's just it's really hard to and you're thinking oh here I go again I'm not this mum and you know it's the same thing about working mums you've got to be there and then also then say well what about sharing the mental load with your partner you know so then you can uh, work together as a team on things but you're so right that there's all these external influences that are really shaping women and particularly mothers um, on their shoulds but really there's there is no perfect mum out there and no doubt to your kid 
you're perfect anyway. Exactly. And I think we hold ourselves to this unachievable standard and then we beat ourselves up that we aren't a unicorn mum because we think that we should be able to do this or should be doing that or should be doing something else. But you can find proof if you Google reasons you shouldn't work outside the home. You're going to find proof of that. If you Google reasons you should work outside the home, you're going to find proof of that. If you Google reasons you should have a business at home and be a work at home mum, you're going to find proof of that. So it's all, and this is what coming back to what I said earlier about curating your newsfeed. If you really enjoy having a business at home or working outside the home in a career that really lights your soul on fire or that provides a great income for your family, then curate your newsfeed of other women who are doing the same thing because you're going to see that mum going to work and you're going to go, yes, me too. We're both going to work. If you constantly scroll and you see a mum that's potentially talking about the benefits of stay at home motherhood, and I'm not saying one is better than the other, obviously that's not what this conversation's about, but if that's what you're seeing, that's when you're going to start the comparison. So it's about Mm. curating the information that's coming in if someone said and get getting really rock solid that you are doing the best you can, because like you said earlier, nobody has the same circumstances. Everyone's needs are different. Everyone's financial circumstances, family circumstances, everything. I mean, there's other families that have four kids. We've got four kids, but our circumstances are entirely different. So it's about going great. I'm really happy for you that that choice is working for your family. I'm also really happy that this choice is working for my family and I'm rock solid on that. I don't need your opinion or your judgment or your influence about that because this is actually working for us. So thank you. Thanks for your opinion. (laughs) It's a great, (laughs) the sentence, thanks for your opinion is a really great, that's all judgment is. Judgment is somebody else's opinion of you and you judging another mum is just your opinion that you think you know that uh, you know a better way to do something but again we don't know the other person's circumstances or situation they probably potentially hopefully are doing the very best they can in that very moment with whatever situation or circumstances they're being presented with and I think it's just about in so many ways, reducing the overwhelm. So, I mean, there's a lot of practical overwhelm and all that kind of stuff, but so often a lot of the overwhelm comes from um, us trying to achieve something that is unachievable and us thinking that we're supposed to do something a certain way. And so we hold ourselves to a, I think it's a really good idea to hold yourself to a high standard and to, you know, expect to do the best you can but I don't think it's valuable to anybody to hold yourself to a standard that is completely unachievable and perfect mum, unicorn mum kind of level because you're never going to get there and then you're going to beat yourself up that you never got there. And it's probably also comparing yourself to those celebrities as well. And, and I think is what you're saying, it's very much about being comfortable with who you are as an individual and knowing your values. So really doing that reflection on who are you as a mum? What are the strong values that really stand by you? What family lifestyle do you want? 
I don't know, do you recommend say writing that down so it is clear and you can back refer back to it? If you're having those moments, I'd say of weakness and inverted commas of, oh no, of comparison, but you then bring yourself back of, no, these are my values. This is what's important to me. And I'm going to live by my life by this. I think it's a great idea to write it down. It's at least a great idea to think about it. I often get the mums that I work one-on-one with, it's the first thing that we do together is how do you want motherhood to feel for you? And when I say motherhood, I'm encompassing all of the things that happen in this season of your life. Um, My eldest, my stepson is almost 14 and my youngest is 22 months. I worked out a couple of months ago that I'm going to be in what I call the trenches of motherhood for 27 years I don't want to spend 27 years of my life exhausted and overwhelmed and feeling like I'm a hot mess and struggling and like I'm paddling up a creek without a paddle. That's like, I choose not to feel that. And off it, it actually blows a lot of people's minds when I say, well, from the moment that your first was born to let's say the moment that your youngest turns 18 and you're no longer, of course we always are going to be mums and worry about all these things. But I call that the trenches of motherhood. How long are you going to be there? Usually it's about a quarter of your life. So how do you want to spend a quarter of your life? How do you want to feel in that time? And it's not something that we've usually been given any permission or any indication that it's okay to think about it. You just, so much of motherhood conversations is about, you know, being selfless and giving to your children and looking after all the other people, but you're still a human and you actually are going to look after and show up better for your family and for your workplace. If you're looked after first, it's about looking after, you know, you, you can't, there's all these conversations about you can't pour from an empty cup and all that kind of stuff, but it's actually true. If you're a jug and you're trying to pour into, you know, cups for your kids and the jug is empty, then nothing comes out. So you nothing left. No, exactly. But we so often think that the more selfless we are or the more exhausted we are, it proves that we've been a good mum because we're like, oh, I've, you know, I'm exhausted. I've spent all day hustling with my kids and then I've done this and then I've done that. And we wear busy like it's a badge of honour and we wear exhausted like it's a badge of honour. And I'm not saying motherhood is, isn't exhausting. Motherhood absolutely is exhausting and overwhelming and, you know, we've still got two kids that wake up overnight and 100% it is all of, all of those things. But I don't think it's how motherhood is meant to feel. I don't think it's how you're not supposed to feel exhausted and overwhelmed and like you don't matter as much as your little human beings in your house for 27 or 25 years of your life. It's not actually how you're supposed to feel. No, that's a really good way of thinking about it. It's it's quite scary at the same time that a quarter of your life. Yeah. It's really confronting. It certainly is. I've gone, ah, but it's really true. Like, as you say, how do you want that to be? And you have the opportunity to guide that for yourself, don't you? Yes, absolutely. It's just about taking, like, pausing for one second. And going, oh, oh, that's a really long time. How do I want to feel in that time? Again, we spoke before, we talk about how you want to feel when you're pregnant. We spoke about how you want to feel when you're giving birth. 
and no one talks about how you want to feel in those the very many years that come after you know those 24 hours that you're birthing and laboring for I think that just giving yourself permission and often I find that the mums I work with, they're often like, Oh, I don't know. It's okay not to know because you've never been told to think about it before. And really giving yourself permission. Yes. And then that also is a really big deal because again, we've got these mixed messages and these messages coming from social media about, you know, are you an exhausted mum? And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm exhausted because the more that we read something, the more we think it, the more we feel it, the more we, et cetera. And so we do think that's how we're supposed to be. We think that motherhood is meant to be hot mess mum and counting down the minutes till bedtime and, you know, coffee till wine time and all this kind of stuff. And, yes, absolutely, I count down the minutes to bedtime most days. (laughs) But I actually don't want to feel like that. I want to be enjoying these 27 years of my life, raising little human beings who are one day going to become adults and go out into the world and hopefully make really big differences. But I also get to feel good while I'm doing that because I just do get to, because I'm worth feeling good. And I've done a lot of work on myself over the years of, you know, working on feeling worthy of things and feeling good enough. And I remember when I was diagnosed with postnatal depression, I remember saying to my psychologist, I'm just never going to be a good enough mum. So I totally get it. Like I have 120 bazillion percent been there. And now I'm like, yeah, I'm a good enough mum. Like I try my hardest with what capacity I have in that very moment. And there's plenty of times I yell at my kids and plenty of times that, you know, I make mistakes, but I don't try. I don't, I try not to beat myself up about it because it doesn't achieve anything. It doesn't make me a better mum. Beating myself up about yelling at my kids one day doesn't make me a better mum. But looking at it and going, okay, I feel guilty for yelling at my kids because it doesn't align with my values of the kind of mum I want to be. So I need to either put things in place to stop that happening again or I need to find better tools for myself to manage those situations, or we need to have a conversation with the family, or like there's lots of practical things you can then do, but it's about noticing. And again, it comes back to those values. Like, no, I act one of my values for me in my motherhood is to be a calm and present mum. Now that doesn't mean that I'm floating around on fairy wings with, you know, meditating all the time. That's not what calm means to me. Calm in terms of mothering for me means being able to approach a situation where our middle two kids are screaming at each other and not get involved in the chaos, but be able to say, okay, let's all take a deep breath and whatever. And it doesn't mean I'm perfect all the time. It doesn't mean I do it all the time. I yelled at them yesterday and told them both to go to their rooms because I was done. I was doing the best I could with what capacity I had at that moment. And I was done with the fighting. <laughs> and I just think it's about giving yourself grace. We're going to make mistakes. That's what makes us human. And it also gives us the opportunity to learn And I think it gives us beautiful opportunities to say to our kids, I'm really sorry I yelled at you. It wasn't the best response. I was feeling like this. And next time I'd really like to respond to you this way or next time I'd really like you to respond this way. It opens avenues for conversation. And it also can normalise their feelings as well when they feel really overwhelmed. 
And I say to my kids, I'm feeling really overwhelmed now. I can feel my body's getting buzzy. We've termed, we've kind of started using that kind of language in our family because it helps them identify when they're feeling that way. Like I can feel my body's getting really buzzy and I'm starting to get frustrated and overwhelmed because there's too much noise in the house right now, or whatever it is. It gives them the permission to be able to say that kind of stuff back to you. But you've got to know what your values are and you've got to have that ability to have a little bit of self-awareness and about how you're feeling and about how you want to feel. Saying, I don't want to feel like this. I don't like yelling at you. I don't want to feel angry at you. I don't want to feel, you know, all these ways. What I'd like to feel is, and, you know, following on with that. But like you said, you have to kind of identify how you want to feel and you have to give yourself permission to want to feel something. It's okay to feel really good doing motherhood and working outside the home or not working at all or whatever it is. It's okay. We have this like fear of not being a good enough mum, but then we also have this fear of people thinking that we've got it all together and that we're perfect and that we're enjoying life. We kind of, you know, we decide we have to sit somewhere in the middle People ask me, they're like, how have you been? And I used to say, oh, so busy. And now I'm like, no, I've actually been really good. Yeah, I've been busy, but I love it. Like, we've been really good. We live a full life and I love having four kids. And it's okay to love it. And it's okay to really enjoy whatever it is that you really enjoy. And also what you're saying, like, it does, like, being busy and having, like, it overwhelm doesn't necessarily need to be this badge of honor it it doesn't mean that that's the only way that there is a way to as you say just respond of saying yeah I've been really good we've been we've been busy but we've been busy as a family doing lots of different things living life rather than say oh, I'm so tired and blah 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 and and things because you you can as you say really choose how you how you want to live your life and to go through that process, is it something that you maybe take a, an hour out on your own in a quiet space just to sit down and reflect on a few key questions that you can ask yourself about what way you want motherhood to be and your you know, next 25 years of, of parenthood? I think you can sit down and do it, absolutely. I think if you don't feel like you can find that time, Another way that I like to do it is just to pop a couple of notes in my phone that say, I want to feel, and then another one, or put it on the same page or write, you know, put a piece of paper on the fridge and say, I want to feel and my values are. And then as you think of something, just write it down. It might take you a couple of weeks. So if you've got time and you can find the space, it's a beautiful idea to be able to sit down and do it and think, okay, how do I actually want to feel every day when I wake up or in, you know, this season of life that is potentially 25 years long, how do I want to feel in this? It's a beautiful idea to be able to do it at once. But I think too, it's really about identifying. It doesn't matter matter whether it takes you two weeks to identify or whether it takes you six months or whether it takes you an hour it's about giving yourself permission. It's okay to want to feel good in motherhood and then giving yourself that permission and then asking yourself how you actually want to feel and putting more words on it than just good. You know, how do you want to feel? Do you want to feel empowered? Do you want to feel calm? Do you want to feel fun? Do you want to feel energetic? Do you want to feel 
like you've achieved heaps of stuff in your career and raised some really cool human beings. Like how do you want to feel? What do you want to feel in your body when you wake up every day? What do you want to feel in your body when you've negotiated flexibility with your boss that you can attend school assembly to see your kid get student of the week? Like what are your, what are the things that are really important to you and how do you want to feel? I think are two really important questions. And what would happen if where you want to feel is different to where you are now? What are some things that we can do to bridge that gap? So there's a couple of things you can do. Gabby Bernstein talks about a choose again method, which is a motor, it's an emotional scale. So basically instead of feeling like you have to climb 20 steps up the ladder, you just want to climb one step up the ladder. If you feel overwhelmed and exhausted and drained and tired and you want to feel calm and spacious and expanded, it can feel really overwhelming. The gap can feel overwhelming. So it can, instead of feeling like you've got to jump from zero to a hundred all at once, it's about going, okay, I feel overwhelmed or I feel tired. Feeling drained might be less bad in inverted commas than feeling tired. So you can start to kind of climb your way up the ladder essentially by deciding that you want to chase the feeling of just one level up. For example, if you're constantly feeling angry or you're constantly feeling irritated, it might be that you want to climb just one step up the ladder to constantly feeling annoyed. Annoyed is better than angry. It might feel too overwhelming to jump all the way up the ladder to calm and serene and never, ever, you know, shaken. But if you're feeling a certain way, you can still choose to feel just one step up or you can put practical things in place to create feelings just one step up in your body. I think that so often we haven't been taught to notice our own feelings. It's not this idea of emotional intelligence is not necessarily something that we were taught as kids. Often it's what we're learning now and we're trying to learn it for ourselves and trying to teach it to our children. And so being able to identify how you feel, first of all, how do you feel right now? Like with no judgment, with no meaning attached to it, with no nothing, and then saying to yourself, how do I want to feel with no meaning, no judgment, no attachment, nothing. Just like, I want to feel, I feel tired. I want to feel rested. And then this is a process that I work through with my mums on a day-to-day basis, multiple times a day, because it's something I do to myself multiple times a day is I ask, how am I feeling? How do I want to feel? And then this is such an important question. What can I do given whatever my current circumstances are and situation to create that feeling in my body? Because we can hit this point of frustration. For example, my youngest was quite clingy when he was um, little. He used to nap on my body. I struggled to put him down for the first four months of his life. I used to literally get my pyjamas on while still holding him sleeping He was that unsettled until we realized he had allergies, but, and he was breastfeeding. So he was reacting through my milk and all that kind of stuff. That's a whole other conversation. But I used to get frustrated. I was like, oh, I just get no time for me. This is not fair. And then I realized, okay, what can I actually do given my current circumstances 
not necessarily accepting that this is the ideal situation, but accepting that this, this just is. He just needs to be on me. That is just a thing. It doesn't mean anything about anything. It just means he's on me. So what can I do given my current circumstances to create that feeling of alone time? Well, maybe I can say to my husband, I'm actually going to watch a movie by myself in the bedroom with him on me. And then I feel like I'm getting some alone time. What can I do given my current circumstances to feel like I'm getting space from my children if I'm stuck at home with them for whatever reason? Okay, well, maybe I can put a movie on for them and sit next to them and read a book on my phone or read a book, you know, a physical book or whatever it is. Asking yourself what you actually can do given whatever your current circumstances are to create that feeling for yourself. To cre- even if it's not like, okay, I want to be joyful and happy and, you know, that really super high vibration feelings. It's about trying to just be one step up or two steps up the emotional vibrational scale. And you can Google that. It's freely available, this scale on the internet. But I think that it's about putting practical things in place to reduce the overwhelm, seeing ways that you can streamline really simple things like online grocery shopping or whatever it is, reducing the pressure that you put on yourself about the way that you should be doing something. Don't compare yourself to other people. Don't compare yourself to some perfect idea of unicorn mum that you think is the way that you're supposed to be because the way that the, the way that the unicorn mum or the perfect mum behaves is impossible for yes. anyone to do. <laughs> Because this unicorn mum works full time because she's really passionate about her career, but she's also at home with her kids full time. Yes. So it's literally possible. It's like the Annabelle Crab a quote that I love. It's like, you know, society expects us to be this perfect employee, but it also expects us to be the the perfect mum. And you're like, mm, not always possible, but it's really that no. It's not there. And it's really, I was chatting the other day with on a podcast uh, with Joe Gobbo around, like it's this blended identity of, you know, I'm a mum, but I'm also an employee and I'm definitely a better mum by working. I will hands down say it. And, and I used to have guilt in saying that, but now I'm like, no, because I know that my son is much better by, he needs childcare and he loves childcare. And, but also I need the stimulation for myself. I need to fill my cup through the mental stimulation of work and and everything else that I do so but yeah it's one of those things I've resigned myself into my I feel good in myself and I know and other people may criticize my setup but I know what I'm doing right now is best for me my family and my tribe around me to yeah not look to all those other influences I look at other people and oh they've, they've got a good be like no this is what's important for me and my family at this point in time in my life and being comfortable with that. And I think it's what you're saying. It's really internalizing it, looking yourself in the mirror about what, what are you doing? What is it that you, where are those emotions and what can you control? Cause there's so much at the moment, particularly with COVID that we can't control. And that comes with its own stresses. Yeah. And that's what I get them. Yeah. hundred percent. What, I often use the words what I, I personally find the word control. It feels a bit kind of controlling. What can actually impact and influence right now? So I say, I even say it to myself sometimes. I'm like, what if my kids were not going to listen? 
because I can't actually control them. They're little human beings and they've got their own opinions and, you know, they've got their own personality. So if I'm trying to tell them to do something, I'm like, well, what if they're just not going to listen? What am I actually capable of impacting and influencing in this moment? I can influence and impact how I feel. I can influence how I'm responding. I can influence the environment that I've set up in the house like there's so many things i can control or i can influence and just leaving the things that are actually impossible for me to influence i can't force them to do anything because they're human and no one can force me to do anything so why do i expect them to be forced to do anything i can absolutely ask them a different way but that's something i can impact and influence is using my grown-up skills to ask them multiple different ways to do a particular thing or to find a creative way to get them to do something. But like you said, it's really about looking at what can I control? What am I capable of controlling? What can I actually influence in this moment? And I think you made a really beautiful point about that you feel like working fills your cup and that's okay. I know that you're super rock solid on that, but for so many women, we feel bad about, you know, admitting that being away from our children fills our cup. But no, there's nobody else in the world except mums who are expected to be with one particular person 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But we expect that of mums. We expect mums to be with their little humans 24-7 and to not need a break. I love my husband, but I still need a break from him occasionally. I know. <laughs> I love my girlfriends, but I still need a break from them occasionally. You know, I don't know if there's anybody in this world that I could literally have attached to me 24-7 and not feel like I'm going bananas. And I think that just being able to say, actually, this really works for us. You can have your opinion. Thanks for your opinion. Or you can have your opinion. This really works for our family. And the importance of filling your own cup is just huge because if you don't have that opportunity, you actually show up for your children with resentment and irritation and you resent the fact that they need you and you resent the fact that you never get time to follow your own passions or study or dreams or career. And they start to feed off that because then potentially you're sitting down on the floor to play with them and you're like, this is stupid because I just want to be, you know, I don't want to be doing this. And they start to feel that energy. Whereas if you're like, if you feel like your cup's being filled from whatever sphere that's coming from, then you're going to be showing up for them, truly wanting to be with them, not just because you think, quote unquote, you should be doing a certain thing. It's really about, it's about seeing the value in caring for yourself. I often say in corporate worlds, they talk about how the culture of a company feeds down from the executive team and all that kind of stuff. And I think the same thing happens in families. I think the culture or the atmosphere of a family trickles down from the parents and typically from the mum where you can have all these conversations about, you know, the mental load and the division of labor and all that kind of stuff. But at the moment, Typically, culture of a family does come from mum. So you get to influence that. That's a thing you can impact and influence by saying, you know what, I actually need to go out 
into the workplace or whatever it is. I need to go for a walk each day or I need to order takeaway on a Thursday night because that makes me feel good. And when I feel good, the culture trickles down into my kids. So I have a rock solid belief that when I feel good, my kids feel good too. And so I am unshakable on the idea that I need to take care of myself first. That doesn't mean that I always, you know, feed myself and then feed the kids two hours later or anything like that. It's just knowing that when I start to feel overwhelmed, when I start to feel stretched, like I'm about to snap, that that's a sign that I need to listen to myself and say to myself, how am I feeling? I'm feeling stretched. I feel like I'm going to snap. How do I want to feel? Well, right now I'd like to feel like I've had some time, you know, to connect with a girlfriend or right now I want to feel like I've had some time to connect with my husband or I want to take a bath or I want to like asking yourself what it is, the thing that you want to do. And then what can you actually do given your current circumstances to do that thing or to create that feeling in your body at this moment when we're recording I'm in lockdown in Melbourne, so I can't go and have coffee with a girlfriend. But I have made a coffee and she's made a coffee at home and we've sat on Zoom in our bedrooms and had a coffee date because we have created that, given our current circumstances, to create that feeling of connection for us. So, and then I feel good because I've had that cup fill moment and then I come back to my children with, openness and excitement and whatever it is because I have absolutely learnt that it's way more important for me to look after myself than it is for me to live in this space of sacrifice and martyrdom and you know I'm so exhausted and I never get time for me and all those things that get thrown at us from social media. I love it. I love it. I'm all about self-care as well. And I think it is so important. Uh, also being in lockdown, like my husband called me yesterday going, where are you? Childcare drop-offs taking forever. I said, no, I've gone to my favorite local cafe. I'm getting a coffee and a muffin because I said, it's the one thing I can do at the moment that feels semi-normal. It sounds weird, but going in that takeaway cup of coffee, filled my cup yesterday and made me feel as you know in Melbourne at the moment anything to make you slightly not have a normal life and in inverted commas is just so important and yeah self-care I know that definitely like tomorrow I'll be with my son and I'm so much more mindful and in the moment when I'm with him because I've been able to fill my cup in other ways prior to that and I really then look forward to the days that we then spend together and it's so important that if you haven't filled your cup you can't then help others. And it's just such a, I think it's what you say is what really the topic of today being around overwhelm. We can manage that overwhelm when we're also managing ourselves first. Absolutely. It really is about self-management. It's about learning to say no to things. It's about being okay with saying no to things. It's about being okay with changing your mind. You might book a zoom catch up or a coffee date with somebody and then by the time it actually hits that you think oh, i just it's got such a massive week i just don't know how i'm going to fit it in 
So be in integrity and listen to your feelings and listen to how your body is feeling. We often say in parenting circles that with kids, all behavior is communication. And I think the same is for us. Our behavior is our body's way of communicating something to us. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, then where can you create more spaciousness? Is it messaging your girlfriend and saying, I'm actually feeling really overwhelmed this week and I don't feel like having a catch up on zoom. I'd really like to postpone to next week. Chances are she's going to be like, okay, no worries. And all of a sudden you've created spaciousness and you've reduced that overwhelm or asking for, you know, you know what I really would like to order takeaway tonight or giving yourself permission to not serve vegetables for dinner. Maybe just do eggs on toast or a peanut butter sandwich. Who said that cereal was only for breakfast? Who made that rule? I don't know. Probably some marketing team somewhere, right? But we hold ourselves to these ridiculous standards. Now, I'm not saying that our kids should all be eating cereal for breakfast, lunch and dinner seven days a week. But you know what? If you are just feeling like I often, there's kids toys you can get and they're like little people. And when you pull the arm and the leg in different directions, they kind of stretch and stretch and stretch. And if you pull it too hard, eventually it snaps. The same thing's going to happen for mums. If you get pulled in 27 different directions for too long and over and over and over again, at some point you're going to snap. And that's what we want to avoid is the snapping. We want to bring you back from feeling like you're playing twister back into calibration and balance and underwhelm or whelm. I don't know. I need to find a word. for <laughs> There is no word. in Yes. <laughs> I don't want you to be underwhelmed. I want you to be joyous and full and loving life. And enjoying parenting is what you say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's plenty of times I don't love parenting. I'd say that motherhood is my experience of this time and parenting is kind of the practical, you know, raising of humans. And there's plenty of moments I don't love it. There's plenty of moments that they drive me nuts and I feel like I'm completely out of my depth and frustrated and just wish they would listen. But at the end of the day, I don't want to look back on 27 years or 25 years or whatever it is of my life and go, well, that was the most exhausting, overwhelming, you know, sacrificial, selfless time of my entire life. That doesn't feel good for me. You did nothing for yourself during that time. No. But you deserve, you deserve to have, you know, a quarter of your life that you may not do everything you want to do, but at least there's some things that you can do for yourself. And you've also got, just because you're a mum, doesn't mean you need to give up everything. You can still do things that make you passionate, that you that follow your dreams. You may, it may take you a little bit slightly longer to get there, but you've still got every right to want to, to have those hopes and dreams as well. 100%. You're still human. Do you want all those, do you want your kids to be able to chase their dreams? Do you want your kids to be able to follow their heart and do the things that light them up and do the things that make them smile? If you want that for your children, you have to first want it for yourself because your kids learn more from modelled behaviour than they do from the words that you say. So if they see you looking after yourself, if they see you honouring how you're feeling, if they see you chasing your dreams, if they see you saying no to that person, then it normalises for them that all that kind of stuff is okay. And that is the kind of stuff that we want our children growing up. We want them to be able to say, no, that doesn't feel good in my body or, you know, no, I'm sorry, but I'm too stretched to be able to do that this week. 
We want them to chase their dreams. We want them to be kind humans. We want them to do all this stuff, but then we don't allow ourselves to do it first. So it's about seeing the impact. Sometimes we think it, we can't see the benefit to ourselves of doing these things, but it can be so easy for mums to see the benefit of their children on their children. So sometimes that's where we have to start. What is the benefit to your children of you feeling really good in motherhood? Do you want your kids knowing one day that you resented and, you know, didn't enjoy and found it the most draining experience of your life? Or do you want them to see the realness of, yeah, it was draining, but I felt really good because I made it a priority for me to feel good because when I feel good, I know that it impacts my children. And in such a positive way as well. Yeah. Um, I remember I could talk about this all day. I think we're both very passionate about this topic as probably if you're listening, this is why we've gone on and just covered this topic in all different angles because it's. I think it's just so important that we give ourselves permission to just do what's good for us and not listen to all those external voices. Take the opinions on board, but we don't have to listen to everyone and I think what you've said today is just gold and I hope that everyone that's listened has been scribbling notes like I have been and taking things on board and give yourself permission, mama, that it's okay to do what's right in the moment. Don't look to what the other influences are doing. Do what's best for you and don't feel bad about the judgments. Um, I think that's just, thank you so much, Mim. This has been, I love the chat. You're so welcome. Now. I love it. I could talk about it for hours. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but also, very importantly, what do you do to fill your cup? So I do whatever feels good in that moment. If that means I have to wash the dishes and I feel like putting some crazy music on while I do it, then I do that. If I feel like... Um, watching trashy reality TV while I fold the washing, then I do that. So I love, I love to do boring mundane tasks in a way that feels really good for me. Sometimes it feels good to let my toddler help me fold the washing. And sometimes it feels really good to wait till he's asleep. So he doesn't touch anything. <laughs> it's about listening to what I feel and what I'm desiring and what I feel like doing in that moment and still being able to show up for my family but doing all these mundane things that just motherhood requires of us in a way that feels good for me and just accepting and really believing. And sometimes it's as simple as making it a screenshot, you know, put a wallpaper on your phone that says, I deserve to feel good too. And then just saying, you know what, actually I feel no guilt about ordering takeaway so that we can have a much quieter night or I feel no guilt about letting my kids stay up late so we can have a family movie night because I deserve to feel good too and that's what I feel like doing that's what's going to make me feel good right now so my, a lot of my self-care in you know quotation marks a lot of my self-care really is just about weaving it into everyday life because I firmly believe that this season of my life gets to feel good for me and if I have to do all these things like washing and school runs and whatever it is in this season of my life, then I'm going to do it in a way that feels good. And it's also about, I find that things like a solo walk or putting the baby, the toddler, he's not a baby anymore, but he's my baby, putting the toddler in the pram and going for a walk with no other kids feels really good. So it's about 
it really is actually irrelevant what you do. Some people, the idea of a massage is torture and some people, the idea of a massage is heaven. So it's not about, you know, ticking boxes of how you filled your cup based on, again, comes back to comparison, based on what feels good for someone else. No, thank you. It's about what feels good for you right now. Because like you said earlier, sometimes going to work feels like self-care. It feels like filling your cup, finding ways that you feel like your cup's being filled. That's so true. You do whatever feels good for you. And is what you keep saying. It's about what's good for you with the circumstances you've got, the scenario and the tools and resources that you have around available to you in that point in time and on that particular day. Because you never know, tomorrow things may have changed. You may have won the lottery. Who knows? But do what's good. Exactly. Do what's good for you today. And I guess is what you're saying as well. Live in the moment. What can you change now? Don't think about the what ifs. Don't think about the past. Live in the moment. And what can you change as what we have today? So, Mim, I have to say it's been a fantastic chat. I've got so much energy and enthusiasm from it. How can people connect with you further? So you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at mim.dart.coaching or I like to hang out on Instagram more, but I am on Facebook too. Um, Or you can check out my website, www.mimdart.com. Otherwise, I really look forward to connecting with everyone online because I'm super passionate about this and I would love and adore for everyone to have a really beautiful experience of motherhood because you get to feel good too and you deserve it as well we're still human and we deserve it as what you say yeah we're role models for our children if our children are saying that we're happy and living our best life then that will influence them at the same time so 100 percent. so thank you so much mim it's been a great chat and uh look forward to watching your journey in motherhood in the future Thank you for listening to the Working Mama podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast catch-up. I invite you also to join the Working Mama community on Facebook and join in the conversation with other like-minded working mums. Please also feel free to contact me on any of the Working Mama social channels. Remember, Mama is M-U-M-M-A or website www.workingmama.com.au. I would appreciate you to share this podcast with friends and colleagues, especially those that are parents managing the juggle. And I would really appreciate if you had to take the time out to leave a review of the podcast. I'll be giving a shout out to select people that do so. So stay listening and you might be one of them. Thank you and see you next time. Have a great week.